three-quarter smartphone, all right? Let's say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, this is your word. I can have what your word says I can have. I can do what your word says I can do. And I can be what your word says I can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell somebody near you the word works. And turn to Matthew chapter 11 today, all right? Matthew chapter 11. We're going to dive into this. We've been here for, this is our fourth Sunday. I'll wrap it up next Sunday. And uh, we're talking uh, uh, about the words of Jesus and the place of rest. Everybody say rest. The place of rest that God has for his children to live and abide in. Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So number one, we discovered the first thing, if we want to live in this place of rest, we've got to come to Jesus. All right? is that we can't do it on our own. We can't try to handle it under our own strength, our own power, our own ability. Remember, it's not about what you do. It's about what he did. Amen? So we need to come to Jesus. If you feel like you're weighted down, if you feel like that, that life is grievous, if you feel like that life is just so heavy, come to him. Amen. Number two is that it requires faith. It requires faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith, as we discovered, is the key that unlocks the door to that place of rest that you can step into. And and now this morning, I want you to turn with me to Psalms chapter 91. Psalms chapter 91, and this is a familiar chapter for us here at Faith Life Center. Amen? Psalms 91, he who dwells, everybody say dwells, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall do what? Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my what? My refuge. He is what? My fortress. My God, in him I will trust. And so the third key that we find, we've got to come to Jesus. We've got to have faith, but then we must abide, remain, or dwell in that secret place of the Most High. We must abide, we must dwell, we must remain. Notice it doesn't say, he who visits. Good morning, church. He who visits the secret place of the Most High. No, 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Now let me tell you something. God has a lot of visitors. It's going to get quiet in here this morning. It's going to get quiet at home where you're watching this. There is a place of rest for those who dwell in the secret place with God. Not those who visit the secret place of God. Amen. But those who dwell, that word means to remain. It means to stay. It means to abide. Those who abide, those who remain, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If I want to abide under the shadow, and that speaks of protection and provision, if I want to abide under the protection and provision of God, then I've got to be dwelling in His presence. I've got to be dwelling in that secret place with God. Amen. See, God, God is not like a pair of shoes that I try on to see if I like. God is not like a, a car that I take for a test drive to see what I think about. No, it is that God is a commitment that I make in my life. I'm just going to get a little quiet in here this morning. James chapter 4, verse number 8. Draw near to God, and what does he say will happen? He, God, will do what? He'll draw near to you. Draw near to God. But so, so what is the inference of the Scripture? What is it saying? If I want God to draw near to me, I need to draw near to Him. See, God wants to be near to you, but He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to say, Minor, get yourself over here now. No. He's not going to say, Jim, get up and get over here now. But the moment you get up and you move close to God, God moves close to you. Amen. If you want to be the Lone Ranger, he'll let you be the Lone Ranger. He'll let you do whatever you want to do. But if you will draw near to God, God will draw near to us. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen. Yeah, I wanna, and I want to specifically address those sitting at home watching us this morning, not those of you here. But, and it doesn't matter what church you normally attend. You, you're watching this live stream today. Is that... I'm going to just hit where the rubber meets the road. Some of you have gotten lazy. Good morning. You like sitting at home in your pajamas watching church on your iPad and your iPhone. Told you it's going to get quiet this morning. You've just, you've gotten lazy and you've grown complacent and you like sitting at home not having to get up and get dressed and go to church. And about 90% of you, 85 to 90% of you, have no reason to be staying at home other than you've allowed this pandemic to get you complacent in your relationship with God. Now you need to say, I love Pastor Jim. 
If you can go to Vons and Ralph's and Walmart and Home Depot and Target, you can go to church. Now listen, you can post all your scriptures you want on social media, but if you're not doing what he tells you to do, and he said, don't forsake assembling together. Amen? We can go to church and we can be safe. Amen. And if you don't like that, I got one word for you. Tough. Amen. Come on, folks. Listen. See, it is I, every one of us in this room, we all deal with the same thing. If we stay home, stay home, stay home, stay home, it gets easy to stay home. It gets easy to be complacent. And God said, I don't want you to forsake assembling yourselves together. There is something about assembling ourselves together, something about corporate worship. There is something about fellowship. There is something about hearing the word with your ears personally in a live setting. The anointing that is upon that, that makes the difference. Amen. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 10 says, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. We've got to cease from our own works, our own effort, our own labor to try to find that rest, to try to find that place of peace that we're looking for, that we're missing, that we're, we're desiring, we're needing in our lives. We've got to cease from our own attempt to carry the load. We've got to cease from our own labor because it will never be found through your strength or your ability or your labor or this world's path. We only find it in Christ, and we've got to come to him, we've got to have faith, uh, and we've got to step into and dwell in that secret place of the Most High God. Amen. Because in that place, there is rest. What, do you, what exactly are you talking about? Pastor, rest. I'm talking about you can live in the midst of chaos but your soul is at peace. You can live in the midst of uncertainty, but your mind is certain. You can live in a, in a midst of questions and, and turmoil and issues, but you're not frustrated and agitated and irritated, and you've got a smile on your face because you know, you know what? It's not up to me. God's got it, and I'm just going to do what he wants me to do, and I'm going to take the steps I need to take, and I'm going to put in place the things I need to put in place, but God's going to Help me to get everything taken care of and work everything out. And I'm going to be at rest. 
My mind's not going to be running 102 miles an hour. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What's going to happen? When's it going to happen? What am I, who am I going to call? What's going to, hmm? See, some of you are living like that, and God doesn't want you to live like that because that creates something called stress that is extremely detrimental to your life and your physical body. Amen. God wants you to live at rest. There is a place of rest for the children of God that in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of uncertainty, we can be quiet, relaxed, smiling, at peace, because we know God's my provision, God's my protection, God's my source, God's going to take care of it. Amen? Doesn't mean we just sit down and do nothing. Doesn't mean we just, we just go home and just, okay, God, you take care of everything. No, we still got to do stuff. We still got to put one foot in front of the other. Amen? We still have to, we still have to work. We got to do our job. We got to go to our company. We got to whatever it might be. We still have things we have to do, but we do it at peace, not in turmoil, not in frustration not in irritation, not in aggravation. Amen? And listen, when you begin to live in this place of rest, people will start asking you something different about you. What happened? I've noticed, how do you do that? How come you're, you don't seem to be stressed out? How come? How come? And you know what? It gives us the great open door and opportunity to, to share our faith with others. Amen. There's a place of rest. He who has entered his rest has ceased from his work. We cease from our own labor, our own attempts to carry the load, to handle it, that I somehow, I got to figure it out, and I got to do all these things, so God's happy with me. Let me tell you, God is happy with you right now. Amen. I got to do all these things so God will be happy with me. God is happy with you. I don't do things so God will be happy with me. I do things because I'm happy doing them for God. Amen. Because I know God's happy with me. Because Christ paid the price and did everything. Amen. So that third step is we've got to dwell in that secret place. We've got to dwell. We've got to make a choice. I'm going to move into that place of rest. I'm stepping in by faith to that place of rest, that new life, that place of rest that God has. Amen? You know, uh, most of you know we just we moved recently. And um, I told Stormy the other day, I said, there's one way I will move, move again. Would you like to know what that way is? I said, I will move again if I can go to Hawaii and someone packs up my house, gets the new house, moves everything into the new house, sets everything up in the new house, makes the bed, everything's ready, then I'll come back from Hawaii. How many likes that kind of moving? <laughs> Amen. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of work when you move, right? And, and so, you know, but listen, 
What we're doing is we're making a move that gets us out of work. We're moving into a place of rest that I cease to try to do it under my own strength, my own labor, my own ability, my own power, and I simply trust God. God, today you're going to direct my steps and I'm not going to worry about it. Amen. God, today you're going to direct my thoughts and I'm not going to worry about it. God, today you will direct my labor and I'm not going to worry about it. And I will actually get more accomplished than I've ever got accomplished before because, God, you're going to be directing me. Amen? He who dwells in the secret place. See, what I'm talking about, folks, is a lifestyle. I'm not talking about a Sunday morning experience. I'm talking about a lifestyle that we start living 24-7. That we wake up Monday morning in a place of rest. We go through Wednesday afternoon in a place of rest. You go to work on Thursday morning and there's turmoil and chaos at work because of a project or a deadline or a goal, but you're still at rest. You go to bed on Friday night in a place of rest. You wake up Saturday morning in a place of rest. You and I can live like that. And that's how God wants us to live. Hello? We don't live like that, not because of God. We don't live like that because we make the wrong choices. We think we got to handle it. We got to figure it out. I got to do something. I got to handle this. I got to do that. I got to handle that. I got to do that. And then we allow people to frustrate us, irritate us, aggravate us. Amen? Instead of just going, thank you, Father. You love me so much. that You want to help me with my daily life. So I'm going to move into that place, that secret place of God. And I'm going to rest in your presence. I'm going to rest in your ability. I'm going to rest in your knowledge. I'm going to rest in your guidance. I'm going to rest in everything that you have for me. Can you say amen? It's a lifestyle. It is a 24-7 proposition. So we come to Jesus. We have faith. We dwell in that place that God has for us. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 4, this fourth step. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent. To enter that rest. Let us be what? Let us be what? Diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Diligence. Webster's 1828 dictionary says a constant effort to accomplish what is undertaken. A constant effort to accomplish 
what is undertaken. Diligence. Everybody say diligence. Proverbs 10.4, the hand of the diligent makes one rich. You want to get ahead in life, you need to be diligent. Proverbs 13.4, the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. You want your soul to be prosperous, successful, your mind, your will, emotions, your intellect, you need to be diligent. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent leads to plenty. Proverbs 22.29, a man who is diligent in his work shall stand before kings. Amen. Diligence. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that place of rest. Amen. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, if you do these things, what? Be diligent. You will never stumble. You will never stumble. Diligence is a major key to unlocking that place of rest and the blessings of God upon your life. And let me say something. Diligence is something that's lacking in our culture. Amen. Diligence is something that is lacking. You know, one of the, I remember one of the first revelations that I received that, uh, and I just, I decided I'm going to be diligent in this, and that was my, my giving to God, is that I would be diligent to God. And in God's promise of favor and blessings and increase would happen in my life. I saw these scriptures. The hand of the diligent makes one rich. The soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The plans of the diligent leads to plenty. A man who is diligent in his work shall stand before kings. And listen, I mean, God has opened doors and blessed me in so many ways and allowed me to do so many different things in my life that I never dreamed possible. He has taken me places I never dreamed. I never dreamed I could stand on a stage and, and speak into the lives of professional and college athletes, but I've done that many times now. You know, I, I mean, I, I was a kid. Listen, I, I was such an outstanding athlete. The coach knew me by first name. Yeah. I played tailback. Yeah, yeah, because coach said, Jim, get your tailback on the bench and sit down. But I never dreamed that I would be in the places that God has put me in in my life. And there's only one thing. I can't attribute it to my ability or anything else. I can only attribute it to the blessings of God, the favor of God. And because I learned if I will be diligent in honoring God and giving to God and serving God, God will bless me. Amen? I mean, I still remember it. Now, I was 19 years old and I got the revelation of tithing. That if I'll put God first with my finances, with my money, God will bless me for it. And uh, I was making about, 200, about $200 a week 
at that time. I was a, I was a house painter. And uh, I remember my, when I got that revelation, I got my check. I took $20. I went home and I stuck it under my underwear in my drawer. You go, why did you stick it under your underwear in your drawer? I figure somebody broke in. They're not going to mess with my underwear. All right, that's how my brain works. And I put it, I put it there because I didn't want to spend it on something else. So that when Sunday rolled around, I got it out from under the underwear and I went to church and I honored God with the first part of what I had made that week. I said, God, here's the tithe. I honor you with it. Amen. Because I knew if I put it in my wallet, I'd spend it. Why? Because I'd find something I wanted. Amen. And so I'd get my check, I'd cash it, I'd take out 10%, I'd go home, I'd hide it in my dresser drawer. Sunday morning, I'd take it out, I'd take it to church, I'd honor God with it. God began to bless me. And in about 14 to 18 months, I went from making $200 a week to making $200 a day. As a 20-year-old kid living at home back in the 70s. Amen? Because... I said, God, I'm going to be diligent. Diligence, folks, I'm telling you, you can't beat it. Amen? And as I said, it, it's lacking in our culture. I, I, I look at, at the younger generation many times, and I'm thinking, man, God, how do we, how do we get through? How do we help these, these individuals? Come on. Amen? You listen to some of them. You know, they, 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 I want free college. I want free health care. I want free this. I want free that. Look, we all know those of us sitting, there's nothing free. Somebody's got to pay for it. Amen? Somebody's got to pay for that free college, that free health care, that free this, that free that, that free something else. Amen? You know, I hear, I hear so many people talk about, oh, yeah, man, the government needs to get. Listen, Somebody's going to pay for that. Are you going to pay for it? Well, I think we ought to just tax all the rich at about 90%. Can I tell you something about rich folks? I know some rich folks. They didn't get rich by giving their money away. They got rich by hard work, smart investing, intelligence. And if you start taxing them at 90%, they're going to take their money and they're going to go somewhere else. Good morning. And then who are you going to tax? Amen. You know, that's why this whole, we've got this whole concept being circulated today called socialism that is the craziest idea that's ever hit America. In fact, the IT company that handles all of our computers here at church, uh, it's two brothers that immigrated from the Ukraine a number of years ago. And one day they're, they're in the office and Paul looks at me and says, what's wrong with you Americans? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you Americans are crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, all this talk of socialism. He said, we lived it. We tried it. It don't work. <laughs> Diligence. Diligence. Amen. The hand of the diligent maketh rich. Can you say amen? See, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're going to wrap up this part. Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in verse number 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey him. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, blessed shall be the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand to do. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. He will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Amen. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods, verse 11, the fruit of your body, increase of your livestock, increase in the produce of your ground, the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season. Bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. Listen, child of God, you ought to be a lender, not a borrower. You ought to be a lender, not a borrower. Why? Because the borrower is servant to the lender. Amen. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I like that. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed, if you diligently obey the commands of the Lord. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods or serve them. Amen? Listen, it doesn't cost any more to possess the blessings of God and live in that place of rest in God than it does to struggle with your life and try to do it on your own. Amen? You know, it... I think it actually costs less to go to heaven than it does to go to hell. Hello? See, to go to heaven, Jesus already paid the full price. It's not about what you do, it's about what he did. To go to hell, you're going to have to step over the cross. You're going to have to step over the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to step over all the prayers of your mama, your grandmama, your godmama, Everybody else is praying for you. It's a lot more work to go to hell than it is to go to heaven. Amen. Listen, it's a lot more work and a lot harder to live in turmoil and conflict and chaos and irritated, aggravated, frustrated than it is simply to be diligent and serve God and move into that place of rest. That we can live in a place of rest. Be diligent that you enter in to that place of rest and that you do not fall short. Amen? Now, it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed coming in, blessed. A lot of people quote that scripture. Have you ever heard them? Oh, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Yeah, are you diligent? 
I'm the head, not the tail. I'm blessed above, beneath, around, in between. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Are you diligent? Are you diligent? Are you diligent? Come on, just smile. Act like you're having fun this morning. God rewards diligence. Amen? So we come to Jesus. We have faith. We dwell in that secret place, but then we're diligent to stay in that place with God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. God, and I pray that you let this word settle in our hearts. Let it take root and let it produce good fruit in our lives. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person sitting here today and every person watching this live stream. If you're not in right relationship with God, you're missing out on the greatest life it is. And all you have to do is simply invite Christ to come into your heart. Accept him as your personal savior. If you're here this morning or you're watching through live stream, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, all you have to do is simply open your mouth and invite him to be your Lord and Savior. And if you'll confess him with a sincere heart, he'll come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and you'll be in right relationship with God today. It's that simple. Father, I thank you. And I pray you minister to every heart and every life this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen, amen. How